And so real people don't want a perfect story or like this boxed thing that they think you should deliver. They want to know who you really are and they want to hear the things that are going to connect them with you. What makes you struggle? What makes you, um, you know, feel what is going to pull out that response in them. That's like, Hey, they're like me. I'm like them. If you feel that connection with someone, you're going to grow that trust. I think that's kind of almost where trust starts and you get that, that growth happening there. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Marketing Should Be Fun podcast, where we believe marketing is something you get to do, not something you have to do. We hope you leave here encouraged, inspired, and a little more excited to share your gifts with the world. Well, welcome to episode one of the Marketing Should Be Fun podcast. We are so excited to have you here at episode one. And this is so fun. We're doing it, Kelsey. How are you today? It's happening. I'm so excited. I can't wait for this episode. I know. And we're starting off talking about a topic that uh, we talk about a lot around here. And like I just said, it's about how content performs on a human level. We put that phrase in all of our proposals. We share it with our clients a lot. uh, And we want to talk a little bit about what that means today. But before we get to that, this is our first episode. And there's, I think most of the people who listen to this one probably know us. Yeah, probably. But... There might be, you know, one person who doesn't. So we should <laughs> so uh, we should kind of share a little bit about us. Mm-hmm. But we didn't want to do it like the classic... The boring way. Exactly. Because this is a fun podcast. That's right. Marketing should be fun, people. So we were like, what's a creative way? Instead of just saying, hey, Kelsey, tell us about you. And then me answering that question, which we tried in the first round of uh, this podcast... <laughs> Uh, we were like, how about we each prepare a few questions and just kind of do, I don't know if they're rapid fire, but just kind of ask them of each other. We don't know what the questions are. And then it's kind of an easy way to share a little bit about us. And then you'll find out the rest as you listen for the next 100,000 episodes. So, Wow. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so Kelsey, are you ready? I think so. This is always a little nerve wracking for me when I don't know what you're going to ask me. I know. I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's kind of funny. I was, so we each were like, let's put together five questions. And as I was doing, I put together six, I'm going to be honest, but um, I know (laughs) I'm just trying to one up you, but there's just like no way to like fully capture like your story and what I know Mm -hmm. of it. But that's okay. It'll come out eventually and we'll get there. So, and if you know what, if you guys are listening and if you have any just questions you are dying to ask us, please let us know. We'll ask it in one of the next episodes. All right. Number one, going back to childhood, what is your favorite memory from when you were a kid? Oh, my goodness. That is a hard question (laughs) (laughs) right out of the gate. Okay. Do you want me to ask you an easier one? No, I have a memory. I don't know if it's my all time favorite, but this is a very high up favorite for me. I grew up on a farm in central Illinois. I'm the oldest of nine kids. So we were outside all the time because I'm sure my mom was like, go outside, be quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was a great way to grow up. And we had this circle of trees that was just literally what I said, a circle of trees. But we turned it into this huge fort. And my brother and sister and I, the three oldest kids, we called it Fort Adventure. And we spent all the time, like even in the winter, we would play in it. My brother would like climb up the tree and go to work and we would like make our little soup down in the tree. That is so cool. (laughs) But it's just really fun. Like it's a memory that I'll always have. And then my grandpa ended up having to like tear those trees out because of some landscaping stuff. And I remember it being like, I was an adult and it was traumatic for me. Right. Like you still haven't recovered from it. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yes. That's a really cool memory. I love that. Yeah. Good answer. All right. Uh, which is better? You just moved from Central Illinois to Texas. So which is better, Central Illinois or Texas? Well, this is the easiest question you could have asked me. Texas. I There's this like saying in Texas that... I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as soon as I could get here. And I feel like <laughs> that's really? my life. It's really, yeah. Wasn't born in te- I wasn't born here, but I got here as soon as I could. Um, I love Texas. I really do think I was born to live here. It's warm. Everyone yeah. is polite. They say y'all. It's sunny all the time. Have you started to say y'all? Right. Yes. Yes. Even Matt says it now, my husband, which I feel like that's is the funny. bigger deal. Yeah. So we're official. All right. You walk into a full service coffee shop and bar and obviously first to start this uh time at this uh establishment you order a coffee and then you come back and you order something from the bar what are the two drinks you order oh man you shouldn't have asked me this question so (laughs) something to know about me (laughs) is that i get a different drink at every coffee shop i go to because i have favorites at different coffee shops okay so it can get tricky but my usual order if I'm splurging, I'll get a dirty chai. So like chai with espresso in it. Okay. Or I'll do like a cold brew with some cream. Yes. It's my coffee drink. And then when I come back, probably some sort of mule drink, like a Moscow mule. Yeah. It's my fave. You and my wife both like those a lot. I know we do. <laughs> it's like the go-to. It's funny. I've been making those uh, most evenings this week as we're recording. I don't know why. Oh. It's just kind of been like when Larissa, L- my wife, Larissa, when she gets home, I'm like, let's make a Moscow meal. <laughs> so, yes, they're so good. And you can are. like customize them and add fruit and different. We have like watermelon vodka you can Ooh. use. It's delish. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Um, how do you feel like you have grown since you first started your career? Which career? I know you can explain that, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a great question. I feel like I need to redo my questions now. Um, it's okay. I'm terrible at answering questions. So I'm like way more nervous okay. than you are. I can guarantee. Like, <laughs> what was the name of your first pet? No. I hope okay, that that's so, the question. <laughs> my career, I was a teacher. So I taught second grade for several years. And then during that time, I also got involved in Young Living, which is a direct sales company mm-hmm. and started to kind of merge over into that type of work. And then at the same time, I also quit teaching and worked at our church for a while. So I've kind of done a lot of different things. And so obviously now I'm pretty much full-time in the whole sales and marketing world. Yeah. Um, how have I grown? I would say confidence okay. um, has grown a lot. And just being confident of like, here's not just what I thought I had to do or thought uh, who I was, but what I really love to do and what I really am gifted at. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel a lot more confident in that like I'm not for everyone yeah. and that's okay. Like I'm going to connect with the people who that's a connect hard with shift me. to make. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and good. it depends on the day probably too. Truth. Um, I would say those are probably the two biggest, biggest ways I've okay. grown. You were ready for that question. You're good at this. I wasn't. So I guess I performed well under pressure. Wow. <gasps> Goodness gracious. That was good. Okay. Uh, next one. What is the best and worst part of parenting? Oh, man. Did you ask this purposely because you know how my life has been going lately? <laughs> no, I'm just... So, <laughs> yeah, you've been in potty training uh, yes. world recently. Potty training. Ugh. It's the nemesis of my life. Okay, Legit. so... Hmm. That's also... These are deep questions, man. I try not to like make them deep, but I also like... 
This is just where my brain goes. So yeah, I, um, it's hard to answer those questions without going deep too. So best part of parenting, I think is, I'm not going to pick one, but one thing I really love about parenting is seeing them start to like think for themselves, ask questions, watch Mm -hmm. them grow. Our kids are, I have a daughter who's six and a son who's two and a half. Okay. And now potty train. Thank you very much. Hey, yo. And that pretty fast. Just saying. Yes, I know. He did great. It's just really fun at this age, especially because they're changing so fast because they're at that younger level where like just big shifts happen a lot within even one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's fun to see them like come into their own personality and how they learn and like what they'll ask and just things that they think about. Oh, mm-hmm. man, I wish I should have started keeping a book a long time ago. Of, like things kids ask. Yeah. Um, hardest part, man. I think it's watching them mess up and like letting them do it. Um, even though they're little, like especially my daughter starting to do that where she'll like do something and I'm like, Oh, you're going to regret that. Or like, yeah, I know you're disappointed in yourself and just mm-hmm. letting them fail and like knowing they're going to learn from it and not just controlling everything that they do. But it's hard. Yeah. Like not saving the day every time. Yeah. Yes. That definitely. Good answers. All right. One more. Uh, how are we business partners and what do you do here? <laughs> yeah. Was that five or six questions? This is the six. sixth right here. Okay. Well, that must have not been so bad. It went fast. Okay. So we are business partners because I'll tell the funny story. <laughs> I was kind of looking to get, like I said, I started doing this direct sales company and fell in love with like marketing and like helping people connect with you and thus buy something mm-hmm. and wanted to get more into the marketing field and especially social media had talked to Matt about it, my husband many times. Yeah. And one day I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see this, my friend Austin had posted this job opportunity <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I bet I couldn't do that. That's you I don't literally know. I, kept scrolling. I wouldn't be qualified. <laughs> I did. I was like, there's no way. And then Matt comes out of the office, like literally an hour later. And he's like, Hey, did you see that job that Austin posted? I think it's exactly what you want to do. So I click on it and read it. And I was like, this is literally exactly what I want. Exactly. To do. <laughs> so I texted you and here we are. But yeah, my role here, I mean, we have a content marketing agency if we mm-hmm. haven't told people that. Yeah, I guess we should. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you get the gist if you're listening to the podcast. Yeah. Um, I am technically the project director mm-hmm. and a partner in the company. And I run especially a lot of like our social media management, um, kind of direct that for our clients. I also run some behind the scenes, like operations things, but a big chunk of it is social media. Love it. Would you add to that? Is that what I do? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, we're we're a small company, so we both kind of do all sorts of things. Yeah, that's true. All right. Those are your questions. I'm nervous as heck for mine. I don't, I don't think you need to be. I kind of want to change a couple of mine though. Maybe I'll change them on the fly. Why don't you start with an easy one? Okay, yes. Tell please. us about where you grew up. Okay. Grew up in a town called Normal, Illinois. So it was about, I guess, like 45 minutes away from where you grew up um, mm-hmm. to the east uh, from where you were at. <laughs> right? Yes, it is east. Yes, that's right. I always have to think about the I know, interstate I names. I have to say, never <laughs> like, eat okay, sour east. waffles. That's what I, <laughs> soggy waffles is what I'm supposed to say. Sour. Either one, either one's fine. <laughs> the other one was never eat sour watermelon. Is that the one you learned? Um, I don't think I learned either of those, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. Sorry. I grew up on a farm. My dad was like, turn west at the corner and pick me up here. And I had to know (laughs) what that meant. Yeah. There was one time that I um, was going over to my uh, grandmother's house and I asked like where I should park when I got there. And she was like, park on the west side of the driveway. I was like, what does that mean? I was like, I can't. I don't know what this means. 
It was I know. just so confusing. Uh, anyways, so grew up in a town called Normal, Illinois, and loved it. Um, dad was a pastor. My mom was CEO of a nonprofit. Um, and so kind of grew up doing like ministry stuff. Um, like I'd help out with conferences that my mom was doing or would help out like at church and get cool opportunities there. And that's, I guess, where it all started. So yeah. Yeah. Did that that's answer? So true. It? Okay. I know. I still, th- I still wonder if you were ever like at, cause I used to go to the conferences that your mom would run. And I just wonder if you were there. What year? There. Do you remember? It would have been when you were a lot older. I mean, we're not that far apart in age. It would have been like 2014, 2015. Were you I still in high school? I had just graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I graduated in 2014. So I, oh it was probably between, well, I guess they were, they were usually in the fall. So it would have been like yeah. when I had first started college that I don't remember to be honest. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of where you grew up, here's a fun question. Okay. It'll be another easy one for you. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, wow. Um, you can give multiple answers if you had multiple dreams yeah i feel like i've always been we were just talking about this like the statement for my life is like if i could do everything i would and i just want to like keep adding things on and it's because i Mm -hmm. just i'm always having ideas and i think that i can be the one to execute on those ideas every single time i have one um and sometimes i can sometimes i Mm -hmm. Get involved in too much and have to figure it out. Um, you have a pretty high capacity, I would say. I do, and I used to not think that I did, but it like looks different. So my wife is very like organized, and mm-hmm. she also has a high capacity, but her capacity is like different. Like yeah. it comes out differently. Anyways, mm-hmm. as a kid, I think like one of the biggest ones, honestly, was that I always wanted to go to space. So there was like a oh. season of my life where I was like emailing. So there were like companies that would like take people to space for like a lot of Mm -hmm. money and i was like emailing all the different ones trying out how much money i would need to raise to go to space like with one of them or to like wow intern with them that one faded after i kind of started to see some of the price tags and nobody like kind of took me seriously but yeah um that was a dream that says so much about your personality though that you were like i'm just gonna email them and ask them Uh, yeah i mean i was just they're not too cool for me But I'm also not like into science. So like I didn't want to like become an astronaut necessarily, but like sure wanted to go to space, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there, if you know Austin, this is making yeah. so much sense. The right? other one I think would, would have been like a, well, two others. One, it would be what I do now, like creating things for a living, which is literally mm-hmm. what I get to do. And mm-hmm. I love it. Like this is a dream come true for me. Um, and then there was also a season I bet where I thought that I could play video games for a living, but that one didn't pan out. So (laughs) are you sure that one was yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) I still do have those dreams every once in a while, but, uh, I'm just not good enough anymore. That's all right. So, (laughs) so funny. Okay. Well, speaking of the topic of jobs, we'll just stay there. Okay. Tell us about some of the jobs you've had, because I just learned what your most recent yes. or what your first job was very recently. Yeah. So I guess first job ever, like it would have been, I cleaned uh, the church that my dad pastored for a little bit and okay. mowed the yard for my mom's organization. So those were like, mm-hmm. and I made like 50 bucks a weekend or something. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, money. as a kid, that was good, I guess. Um, but first actual job I got was at a dry cleaners. It's called Starcrest yes. Cleaners in normal Illinois. And they actually have locations all over. And I almost, Mm -hmm. I haven't told you this story, but 
I almost, instead of going to college, moved out to Lincoln, Nebraska to help open a Starcrest Cleaners location in Nebraska with the potential that they would have like paid for a couple years of my college to do that. But I didn't do it. Anyways, it was my favorite job ever. uh, And I knew it was going to be my favorite job because like when we did the interview, their first question was like, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? And like they were asking like fun things like that and like talking about all sorts of stuff. So it was a lot of fun. We put the customer first and it kind of just like it was a great foundational thing for me of like how you can make any business fun Mm -hmm. um, and like it can be enjoyable. Then I also worked retail. I worked um, at Express in Chicago. I did not know this either. This yeah. is fascinating. I have crazy stories from Express. We, we'll go into them another time. Especially in Chicago, I bet. It's Man. weird. There was some weird stuff. Um, but that was a good time overall. And I worked at Water Tower Place in downtown Chicago. Um, okay. And so wow. it was crazy. But those okay. were the main ones. And then I yeah. did work for a national nonprofit before this, before I opened um, this company. Yeah. All the things. Very good. You passed. Good job. You're doing great. Thank you. You have done a lot of different things, but they're all with like... It's all people. Having to... Yeah. They're all with people and like having to like make it fun for them to take yeah. part in what you're doing. Oh, yes. Okay. So I have one easy question for you and then we'll end with a fun one. Okay. okay. <laughs> one easy about- and then one fun. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your family. So my wife and I have been married for three and a half years now. We got married in December of 2017, um, which was straight out of college for me. She still had one semester mm-hmm. left. And we hit some milestones pretty fast. So um, in October of 2018, we started foster care. Um, and so at that point, we fo- started fostering two um, kiddos um, and they are still in our home and still in foster care. So right now they are four and three and literally two days after we got that placement we found out that we were pregnant with our first biological child um and so she was born july of 2019 she just turned one um and her name's willa and Mm. it is a party we also have two big dogs uh one is named renly he is an 85 pound australian shepherd they told us he was going to be 60 pounds. He is not 60 pounds. <laughs> Blew and that then out of the water. We also have like a 70 pound uh, English shepherd and her name is Bailey. So literally it is just like a zoo. Like there are dogs running in circles around the house. There are kids running in circles around the house and it's crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. I do too. Renly, Renly is special to our family because you guys used to help out and watch our kids when we lived in Illinois. That's and right. My daughter loves dogs and she like still remembers Renly and like playing in the backyard. That's so, so cute. I remember one time. So when you have two dogs, like there's a lot of dog poop in the yard. Yeah. And there was one time that Piper, your daughter, uh, stepped in dog poop and she was kind of like starting she didn't know what it was but she was kind of starting to freak out and i just had to be like yeah it's just dirt like we'll just go over here to the pool (laughs) wash it off but she was kind of like starting to get worked up about it like get this off it's kind of funny it does not surprise (laughs) me at all hilarious oh man okay to finish up your questions okay i was gonna ask you if you can explain our company talk about what we do with like the 30 second version okay 
Okay, cool. I didn't, you kind of sounded like you were going towards something else. Oh, no. <laughs> Ready, set, go. All right. Am I being timed? No, I'm just kidding. That's okay. Um, so literally we create content um, to build people's brand and community. So kind of the core services that we have is we do podcasts, we write blogs, uh, we manage email marketing, social media marketing. Um, and then we also do some like logo and brand design, uh, on the side. Most of that though, is just to lay the foundation for the rest of the stuff that we do. So literally this started out of my passion to just make things. And I wanted to be able to make things for as many people as I could. And now I have an awesome team to help me do it. And so we get to make some really, really cool things. So that's the 30 second version. Great job. You knocked that one out of the park. Yay. <laughs> Good work. I love it. Okay. We have one more segment that we got to get to before we jump into the value driven part of uh, today's conversation. And this one will be, this episode's going to be a little longer than most of ours will be just because we did the intro, but mm-hmm. um, that's okay. So like we said in the trailer we're gonna do a little segment called this or that uh well well we didn't know what the name was somebody suggested this or that and right now we're running with it i don't know if we're sold on it to be honest it needs a little more alliteration in my book but i can also live with it It like it also just doesn't feel like we made it up you know but so anyways we're still accepting uh submissions for ideas uh so if you could please submit yours as soon as possible that would be great (laughs) Just kidding. But Kelsey, Seriously. I did I did it in the trailer. So you are bringing the this or that yep. today. What do you got? I'm ready for it. Okay. So this will be kind of a short one, which is probably good since we did our intros. But <laughs> on every, it's Thursday today when we're recording this. And okay. every Thursday at our house is, and you, you're going to think you know where I'm going with it, but I'm not. Every Thursday at our house is pizza night. We have pizza okay. movie night with our family. So here's my question. Cold pizza or hot pizza? Oh, that's not even a question. Hot pizza all the way. Now, if you were my wife, you would say cold pizza because she would. She literally eats cold pizza for breakfast. She'll eat oh it all goodness. the time. She loves it, and I don't know what's wrong with her. But hot pizza, one hundred percent. Also, best pizza place, Papa John's. No comparison. Always mm. will be the best pizza place. It doesn't matter if you go somewhere like that's homemade or like another chain. Nothing is better than Papa John's. <laughs> Well, you heard it here first, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man, making some big claims. I yes. actually think we just found a spot we agree on, though, because I'm the same way. Hot okay. pizza, no matter what. I don't like cold pizza at all. But my husband does like cold pizza. Really? So that's Do kind the, of funny. Okay, does he prefer it? Like he prefers cold pizza or he just like is willing to eat it? I would say he he doesn't prefer it. Like he would just rather, you know, I make pizza or we order it and he eats it hot, but he's happy to eat it cold. And I think that's crazy. It is crazy. Doesn't taste good. Yeah. Wow. I don't know about the Papa John's thing, though. We'll have to bring that up another <laughs> yeah, time. <laughs> we can talk about pizza chains uh, sometime in the future. Uh, but it really Too is my funny. favorite. Anyways, okay. To circle back to what we're talking about here. <laughs> I love Today, it. Today, we wanted to talk about one of our... It's our, fa- it's our favorite topic. This is kind of what we build our business on, um, this perspective and this idea that content performs on a human level. And it's really, really easy to lose this perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to lay the foundation, I imagine most people who are listening kind of know this, but like content is anything that you kind of create to share on a variety of channels. Like it could be words or images or videos. 
um, basically anything that you create and then share with people. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of times as people start sharing content, they kind of get into this like, it's almost like they get tunnel vision on like what they feel like they're supposed to do or like what people say the algorithm tells them that they have to do or like all of these things. And it's easy to lose the perspective of like, actually like you're creating this thing for real people to consume, interact with, form a perspective or a thought of, and then hopefully like build trust as a result. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have five kind of points we wanted to walk through. Kelsey, do you have any like preface stuff that you want to share before we kind of jump into that? I don't think so. I loved what you said. I think this just is like a good foundational thing that will make or break how you keep showing up with whatever your business is. You can like solidify this point. Yeah. And even if you don't run a business, any brand you're um, developing, like it could be Mm -hmm. just for you, like as you're, you know, sharing about something you're passionate about, it could be for a nonprofit, for a business, for the list goes on. Um, You know, you can build trust with anything that you are growing. But here's point number one uh, that we have is that you are not creating content for robots or for an algorithm. And it sounds obvious, uh, but you're creating content for real people uh, to consume. Uh, Kelsey, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, I know it does sound funny to say it, but it is like the first thing that I watch people forget because you get lost in all of the details and like the Mm -hmm. minutiae of like, I need to do this or I need to post at this time or do this thing or say this. And you can cut all of those out and like not get lost in the weeds and just remember that Mm -hmm. you have real people that you're talking to, real humans just like you. The whole purpose of content and content marketing is to build trust. Um, And that happens, like trust is not something that is just like, it's not just black and white, right? Like you don't just say like, oh, I gave you this post, now you trust me more. Like it's a very like internal relational thing and it's something that happens over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really, it's a more organic process. Like when it comes to content marketing, like people are connecting with with you. And if you're not like putting yourself out there um, or if you're getting too like insulated in the ideas of uh, what it should look like or what time it needs to go out or like all of these different mm-hmm. things, then kind of it's chipping away at that organic nature and like honest, the honesty of it um, and making it harder for you to build trust. And so as you kind of keep that perspective that like this is for real people, it doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have uh, to, you know, be shared at a certain time. It just needs to connect with them where they're at. It needs to add value to them. Um, and that will earn trust in the long term. It's almost like a filter you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's good to think about like the right times to post and the right, exactly. you know, thing to say. But at the end of the day, if you kind of use it as a filter of thinking through, okay, does this pass that test of like performing for a real human? Like what I want to hear this or just kind of using it to help you make some decisions will be a really helpful factor when you're thinking about any type of content you're putting out. Totally. I love it. So number one, you are not creating content for robots. You're not creating content for an algorithm. Yes, there are things to consider, but that is not who is consuming your content. You are creating content for real human beings uh, who will interact with it on a human level, which leads us to number two. Kelsey, you want to take that one? Yes, this might be my favorite one. Real people want to see your real journey and maybe even your real face, if we can add that on. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What does that mean? 
So like we said before, you're creating content for real people. And so real people don't want a perfect story or like this boxed thing that they think you should deliver. They want to know who you really are and they want to hear the things that are going to connect them with you. What makes you struggle? What makes you, um, you know, feel what is going to pull out that response in them. That's like, Hey, they're like me. I'm like them. If you feel that connection with someone, you're going to grow that trust. I think that's kind of almost where trust starts and you get that, Mm -hmm. that growth happening there. If they can connect with you and see, Hey, you're like me. You're not Mm -hmm. perfect and unhuman. That's not even the right word. (laughs) That's, I, I think that's a word. Well, it's so true, though. I think it comes out like even to the idea of perfectionism. Like I think, too, as you're creating something, there's the part of you that's like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to think less of me. So like I'm only going to share like the celebrations or I'm only going to mm-hmm. share um, the things that are, you know, just what I'm 100% proud of or whatever. But trust is also built like by people seeing like your failures and you being open about, hey, this has been a really hard week for me for this reason, or here's a decision that, uh, you know, we're kind of making right now, along with here's something I'm celebrating. Here is something that was like a really cool part of this past week, or here's a milestone we hit. Like the list goes on and people want to see the real story of what's playing out. You know, people aren't interested in, um, and you coming across like better than you actually are or anything yes. like that. Like they want you to connect with them on the same level that they're at as they're mm-hmm. experiencing joys and frustrations in their own life and potentially their own kind of like building journeys um, of something. And so really, really important to share your real journey and mm-hmm. be willing to just hop on and share something that's not as put together, but is honest. Yeah, definitely. I think about this too, for those of you listening that maybe like you do have a business or, you know, a nonprofit or something that's built and like maybe like you're not just selling like yourself. Like it's not something, mm-hmm. you, you know, that you're talking about. You have a product or you have something you want them to like sign up for, Yeah. but you can still show the real you and the real journey behind the scenes by sprinkling that in. Don't yeah. just always, you know, we see a lot of brands get caught up in like just forward facing what they sell or what they have to mm-hmm. offer. Um, but people are going to start connecting when you sprinkle in what what your office looks like behind the scenes or like what it is that you like to, you know, have your coffee while you're sitting down to work or exactly. even the deeper things like you were saying of what you struggle with. Um, mm-hmm. It just reminds me of a quick story. This week I was buying lunch boxes for my kids. <laughs> Fun. <Such a> mom <laughs> thing. I know. And um, it, there was this brand that I had followed because someone else had shared about it mm-hmm. and you know, anybody could have put a lunchbox out there and like shared it. But this mom that I follow on social media had talked about it and like opened it up and showed her kids using it and showed her like packing her lunches. And because I know her and I've seen her also post other things about her mom life. And I'm like, oh, I know she has a lot of kids. I know she has to get them up and out the door. I was like, I connect with this. If she likes those lunchboxes, I bet I will will like them. And I like went and spent like a hundred dollars on these lunchboxes. And it just, it proves the point though. Like people are going to buy something or do something or take an action because they connect with you, not just Mm -hmm. the product you have. Totally. That's a great example. Yeah. All right. Number three, low numbers do not always mean low effectiveness. We could also talk about this one forever, (laughs) Uh, but it's so true. And I, we see like even our clients get caught up in this. Sometimes we, we see just other like brands and companies get um, caught up with it. Um, 
it, it, honestly, especially ones that kind of like pride themselves on being like data driven, mm-hmm. um, like sometimes it can get in the way because like we said in the first one is that you're not creating content for the algorithm or for right. robots. And sometimes like content can connect with someone and they might forget to hit the like button or mm-hmm. they might not comment. Um, but there might be times where, you know, someone reads your post, has a conversation with their spouse about it that night, you know, never did anything to tell you that any of that's happening, but because you were willing to share it, like then something happens as a result. Mm -hmm. And I've had that happen even like with this company, like where I've had people reach out to me and say like, I have loved like watching your stuff on social media or like that's how like you posted this a year ago and I've like thought about it since then. Mm -hmm. But like, I'll go back to that post and they did not like it. They didn't comment on it or anything, but it left an impact on them and brought me business two, three years later. Um, Really, really interesting. But what thoughts do you have, Kelsey? I think that just proves the point. You're not creating content for a like button. You're creating content for a human and they're going to take their own interactions with that in various ways. Um, this especially comes into play too with social media. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of driven us all to watch the numbers and, you know, yeah. if you get to the, you know, 10 K following, you get to swipe up in your stories. Like it's still just this little yeah. reward system that we're living in. It, you have to look behind those numbers and think about if you have 10,000 followers who don't really connect with what you're doing, who aren't going to buy or take part of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Do you really care if you have 10,000 followers? Right. Um, probably not. We, we would rather see you have less followers, but ones who are, connected, interacting, paying attention, mm-hmm. the ideal person who wants to take part in what you're offering. Um, yeah. And that's going to have so much of a better effect on what you're trying to do than just reaching some number that you know we've placed as valuable. It's serving the people that you have well and not getting caught up mm-hmm. in like, eh, well, I'm not at this place. So like, I'm not effective. Like you have opportunity where you're at right now. And so even in like that, pers- it's a different kind of perspective of this point too, mm-hmm. is like, how are you kind of taking advantage of where you're at now and not just getting caught up in like, well, I don't have this many likes on a post or like, I don't have, I only have 50 views on my YouTube video or whatever. Like, great. You have 50 views on your YouTube video. Like it's just like flipping that script um, from where people like where it's so easy to go. Yeah. And we got there just to jump back. We got there because people didn't share their real journey. Like we got there Mm. because people like kind of push up that or like elevate those stories of like, hey, I went from 50 followers to 20,000 in five months and like you can do it too. And then it's just like, it's it's not real. You know, it's yeah. not like it does happen, but it's not the real It's thing. not the common thing that's going on all yeah. the time. And even if they did go from 50 to 10,000, I want to see behind the story of their exactly. journey too. Like what's really going on with those followers? So uh-huh. yeah, agreed. All right. What's number four? All right. Number four. Okay. Wait, this might be my favorite one. Number four is to play the long game. I know. I'm this is say another that phrase everyone. that we will say probably way too much on the show, but I believe it. So sorry, I won't yeah. jump in, but what were you going to say? No, that's that was pretty much all I was going to say was play the long game, but to think about your goals and what you're doing in a way that's going to last and going to have meaningful impact for a long time and not just hit this quick short-term goal that you're trying to hit a number or hit this or hit that. Um, Mm -hmm. What is, what's going to happen? What are you going to do? That's going to help you stick around for the long game. Yeah. People make decisions like over a really long period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's not like they're going to 
see what you have to offer or see one of your posts and just be like, hey, I want to hire you for this or I'm going to, you know, come have you service my car. I'm going to like come to your restaurant or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Like it really is the long game and it's the trust that you're building like time and time again. I mean, the classic thing that I know you and I both heard Kelsey is like the rule of seven Mm -hmm. um, and like how it takes seven touches uh, for Mm -hmm. someone to make a decision or like build trust. But even on a more organic level, like it just takes multiple interactions with someone before you're like, I trust you or like before somebody has a problem and they're like, oh, this you're the person to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. Like you just have to continually be sharing that value. And that's the whole purpose of content marketing is so that you've given enough value so that you are the first person that people think of in uh, the long game. Yeah. I would even argue too that that type of, we'll just call them a customer for lack of a better word, um, is going to be a better customer. If they've had all these touches with you, they've taken all this time to think about their decision and they've made it in a purposeful way than just somebody who's like, oh, cool, there's a sale. I'm going to buy that. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to forget about it You know, when the next big thing comes along. Yeah. So really taking the time to lay that foundation is not just going to serve you well at the beginning of that you know, mm-hmm. action that they take or purchase they make, but for the long haul in their buyer journey too. Yeah. It's interesting too, because we always preface clients who want to work with us that we're like, what we do, like you really aren't, like this isn't a quick win. Like you're Mm -hmm. not going to see more sales in six months. You're not going to see like a huge difference right away. But what you will start to see is like relationships being built. And that will pay off in the long run. Like that will pay off in say like 10 to 24 months. Um, Mm -hmm. as people are building those relationships, but you have to be willing to play the long game for it to really work. Because if you get frustrated when you're a month in and your podcast still has 20 people listening to it, then, and you quit, like you're just, there's no opportunity for you to grow. There's no opportunity for you to build those relationships. Uh, you're just looking for quick wins instead of playing the long game. Mm -hmm. Really, really important. So good. Love it. All right. The last one, uh, which is just kind of fun. But this is have fun, like just like our show says, marketing should be fun. And content doesn't just perform on a human level for the people that you're trying to reach. Content also performs on a human level for the person who's creating it. And if you're not enjoying what you're creating, two questions. One, it, are you creating the right type of content? And two, are you in the right field? Um, because if you're not enjoying the subject matter of what you're talking about, then you might not be building what you should be building, like what you're passionate about. We all have things that we love, things that we want to see take place. That's where we should be investing our energy. Um, But the second one is also on the tactics. Like for me, I don't love social media as much as you love social media. And honestly, like I spend less of my time there. Um, Just Mm -hmm. like with, I don't have as strict of guidelines with that. But with Mm -hmm. the podcasts I do... Um, and a lot of other like avenues that I try to build relationships. I love them and I try to invest more of my time and more of my energy in building relationships in those places. And that's okay. Like we often share, like there's no rules when it comes to building a brand. Like you get to choose where you want to spend your time, where you want uh, to spend your energy, weighed against where the people you want to reach are spending their time uh, and build it from there. 
I was going to ask, does anyone love social media as much as I do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I do love it quite a lot. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I think we even see this, you know, with our clients, like if you're not having fun, either maybe you're not in the right industry or in the right space, but like maybe you need to outsource and let someone else do that part for you. Totally. And then you can spend your energy on what you love or whatever it is. And we're not all at the point where we can outsource, but um, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to take a minute. It's okay to be a human mm-hmm. with the way you're making your content and the way you're sharing it. Yeah. We, we had uh, a friend recently who kind of had to take a break from like building the business uh, overall, just because of how life went. And for mm-hmm. a while she was feeling like really guilty. Cause she's like, I just know that I'm not doing the things that I should be doing. And we, we both kind of had to encourage her a few times because it was just kind of like, hey, it, it stinks. Like, it really is a bummer that, like, life changed in this way. But also, like, you're human. Like, give yourself space to be human and, like, don't get caught up in this is what I have to do. Like, mm-hmm. try to enjoy the journey as much as you can right now. Like, hop in when you can. Share things that you're passionate about. But you don't have to stick to this, like, you know, set in stone regiment. Because it loses the fun, like it loses the mm-hmm. um, human aspect of it. Yeah. And that part of her story is probably going to become a big part of her overall story exactly. someday. So it's kind of fun to see that journey happen too. Totally. All right, Kelsey, final thoughts for today's episode. Oh, man. Just listen to this one a few times. Remember it. Keep it in your brain. It's going to be something you have to remind yourself and fight for. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy to start looking around and, you know, getting stuck in the tactics and the trends. But if you can remember to show up for the people who you're serving, that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to take you far. It will last you longer than a short one. Yeah. Trust matters a lot and trust takes time to build. Um, And so it really is the long game. It performs on a human level. And uh, like Kelsey said, we're gonna well this is the foundation for this podcast overall like we're gonna kind of come from this perspective a lot and we'll probably mention some of these phrases quite a bit mm-hmm. um as we kind of continue on with the show because we really believe it and we think you should too <laughs> i love it so this is episode one uh and we're super excited to share it with you uh, we'll be back with episode two which is a fun topic kelsey what are we talking about for episode I'm two i'm so So excited for this one. We are talking about how to build a brand without living on your phone. Come on now, which is so important. We all need to hear. Legit. So I hope you guys will join us back for that one. And thank you so much for listening today. We'll see you then. Hey, thanks for listening in to today's episode of the Marketing Should Be Fun podcast. We share an episode every other week. So make sure to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. We'd also love to connect with you on social. So come hang out on Instagram at austinsavage.co or sign up for email updates on our website. All right, friend, here's your reminder that marketing is something you get to do, not something you have to do. We'll see you next time.